Back in 1984, an R-rated raunch fest called Revenge of the Nerds hit theaters. It was kind of an Animal House-ish ripoff, and it was full of nasty content. It was kind of a fever dream of sorts for geeks and losers. What if the nerds took over? What if the nerds won? (laughs) What if all of those alienated outsiders actually had the last laugh? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, fast forward almost 40 years, and even fast forwarding is kind of a nerdy reference at this <laughs> that point, really right? That that's that's very analog. the cassette era. And we know the answers to all of those hypothetical questions I just asked. Any way you want to parse it, the so-called nerds, and frankly... In case anybody's offended, I've always counted myself among that tribe. Uh, The nerds have won. Tech companies rule. Gamers are cool. Comic books, science fiction, and fantasy stories dominate the pop cultural landscape. Even something like Dungeons & Dragons, a game that once arguably marked the furthest outpost of deep (laughs) nerddom, has enjoyed a massive resurgence in the last 10 to 15 years or so. So given all that, what do we do with nerd culture's ascendance? Is it good? Is it bad? Well, if you know us, you'll know that we'll probably say it's kind of some of both. And we're going to unpack that conversation in our first segment today. And in our second segment, Kristen Smith is here to tell us about singer Olivia Rodrigo's new single, Vampire, which sounds, well ominous to me. We'll have to see what she has to say about it. Before we dive into our conversation today, just a few housekeeping details. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to leave us a review too. Those reviews help give people just a sense of what to expect when you listen to The Plugged In Show. Well, joining me today for our conversation are Jonathan McKee, Kennedy Unthank, Emily Chow and Paul AC. Hey everyone. Hello. Was Hello. that listed in order of nerddom? That's what I just want to know. You know, there. I feel kind of chief nerd. I feel I, like I uh, if you want to to own chief nerd, okay. we will, we will right. let you. Do, uh, you I'll know, take it because it's get, cool. You might well exactly <laughs> just, only cool. because it's just cool. Just don't get into a debate with me over that. <laughs> I once that? won <laughs> basically a, a nerd, nerd off. contest. <laughs> nerd wow. off. I'm going to call and, it a nerd off, and I won. Awesome. And, and I'm going to just out you a little bit here. When you applied for the job at Plugged In, the title of your essay of why you wanted to work for us was called I'm Your Nerd. And you know what? I, I think you cool. I think you had us at nerd. So welcome, <laughs> yeah, Emily. That's great. Oh, so man. to kick off our nerdy conversation today, and I'll try to stop saying that word so often. Um, well, I got it one more time in our icebreaker question. Yeah. What is the nerdiest pop culture fixation or interest? you have that you are willing to confess to. So who wants to go first on our confessional time today? Or should I just leave us off? I want to see where the bar rests. So So (laughs) this is nerdy. You guys may know I I got back into comic collecting during COVID. And my sort of niche area of interest these days is looking for comics that have to do with my 70s childhood memories. And I have discovered that virtually everything, and I I have yet to find an exception, virtually everything that exists in pop culture, there is a comic book analog of some kind. And last week I got in the mail in my hot little hands, 
a six million dollar man comic <gasps> Ooh. with wow. Bigfoot on it because you know there yeah, was Bigfoot. I you, See, I made your eyes see? so big. That's as geeky. Yeah. That's that, pretty geeky. I mean, yeah, I think no, I win, but is. if you guys want to try to top it, <laughs> wow. Good. So I'll bring it in maybe that's sometime. That's almost like an atom trifecta there. Like, all you need is vision, and you got the trifecta. I know. Right I don't know that vision, <laughs> the, the superhero vision, has done anything with Bigfoot from the six million dollar man. But oh boy, would I pay money for that? Oh goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Who would like to confess next? <laughs> <laughs> like, to like that this has turned into a confessional yeah. oh, just, uh, man. it's yeah. a tricky thing um, just pick one Paul. i'm i'm yeah, it's really it's really difficult but i'm gonna go something a little bit off kilter this is good, something good. i may have mentioned but maybe not uh when i go to movie reviews mm-hmm. i listen to old-time radio programs Really? I, yes, I do. Well, that's interesting. I drive, Wait, like on the way there you're talking about? On or? the way okay. there, on the way back. Uh, I know exactly how many how many shadow episodes I can get to if there's no traffic and if there's if there's no construction. And, and so, thankfully, they've, there's been a lot of construction lately, so you can get more yeah. episodes in. Uh, honestly, I really love it. Like, I get through about three or four episodes of The Shadow, so I probably know more about the shadow the old time 1930s 1940s radio oh, program fantastic. that any person really has is a that right at the shadow.com anyone alive no right no now. there's a really cool app that has all these streaming there's an app shows for that? yeah yeah so we can talk more about that <laughs> yes. if you're interested oh, but, wow that's amazing uh, i will go next okay i have to confess that actually my favorite show i've ever seen is an anime Okay. Mm. um and i do i do recognize that there are a lot of anime out there that are not appropriate. Right, right. Um, Here's the uh, obligatory plugged-in disclaimer. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, I think like a lot of animated movies and cartoons and stuff, there's a lot of stuff that you can do through that medium that you can't really do in a lot of live-action stuff. Uh, My favorite show is called Hunter Hunter, and it's about a boy who goes to try and find his dad who has left, and he has to go through this exam to. And it sounds really boring when I put it like that, but like, well, I don't know. Hunter very, Hunter sounds pretty great. Very fun, very fun show. Very cool. Okay. Very cool. I think saving the best for last will save Emily, so I'll just go ahead and go. I'll slip okay. in here real quickly. That's a tough question for me because I so don't. So much geeky stuff out there. So much. There is, but I don't. I don't know if I really abide by a lot of the proverbial nerdy thing, but. I am a well. It's a nerdy a, thing to pick something else, so yeah, you yeah, still win. Maybe so. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I'm definitely when you know if you watch Big Bang Theory, my, my wife calls me Sheldon all the time. Okay, but it's because I'll of for very OCD. Just kind of, <laughs> I have to have things a certain way. I, I don't know if that's necessarily nerdy. That might just be Sheldon like. But right. uh, um, I think the nerdy thing that at least my friends that I would hang out with would say is, I am just kind of a sound. And when it comes to movies, I, I'm very particular with sound and lines of resolution. And so uh, take ni- early 90s, um, I was the only guy I knew who owned laser discs. Okay, and and so in fact, you were the only guy. Period. Period. Who owned laser discs? Laser discs. Uh, And and there was two types of. They were cool though. There were two types of people that owned laser discs. Rich people. Rich people who wanted the best. And they didn't even know what they were. And when I and I cleaned windows at the time, I was in college. So you weren't in that. And category. I would go in the rich houses, and people would have laser, and I would tell them all about them. And they were like rolling their eyes, like I don't want to know this much <laughs> about this. But I'm like, do you know that you know VH has only a 240 lines of resolution, not a 500 lines of resolution? There's nothing like that, you know. And the so, human brain weighs yeah, exactly. eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't that bad, but uh, but uh, it is just it was the greatest. I mean, this is pre DVD, and to get twice the resolution and incredible sound so i mean i have about 
40 or 50 of them left I couldn't get rid of. Wow. Well, yeah. all of that stuff has started to appreciate, which is a nerdy conversation for a yeah. different podcast. And I will also say this is maybe the best icebreaker question ever because we're you know coming up on 10 minutes on this one. So I'm going to let Emily, <laughs> as much Emily's as I gonna would put love some to icing hear more on this about cake. the details of your Laserdisc collection, <laughs> Emily. I'm so nerdy. How nerdy How are nerdy you? How nerdy are you? <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'm so nerdy that uh, my husband and I are currently uh, researching how to turn one of the rooms of our house into uh, basically build a door that is actually a it's a hidden door behind a bookcase mm-hmm. and when you go inside it'll have our um the computers that we built ourselves because oh why goodness. would you buy a computer when you can build one right um <laughs> as well one. as just like every piece of nerd geek whatever you want to call it memorabilia from lord of the rings chronicles of narnia harry potter uh star trek star wars halo mass effect like it go the list goes on we have so much memorabilia that we've had to stop we don't have our house yet like we're still waiting for it (laughs) so you're planning before you even i know this is like it's like a panic room but it's a nerd (laughs) yeah that's what i was gonna say so like if you ever have a home invasion we call it the bridge in tribute oh, to Star Trek, yeah, and this right. this plan has been like we started planning this when we were still dating. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like my that's goodness. how nerdy we are. We were just like that's we good. were like bef- before we were even engaged, we started planning this yeah. room. All right, you might be our winner. Yeah, yeah. even yeah. though this wasn't a She's contest. Got us beat. For sure. You know, actually, everything's a contest. Everything's a contest. And the reason I bring up the hidden bookcase, there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, if we you come get... over and we can't find you, just start well, knocking no, on the walls. It, it has to do with the fact that, like, my nerdum, it's not just sci fi and fantasy. It's just, like, you know, old school spy stuff oh, yeah. and, like, Sherlock Holmes de- detective stories, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, I, um, I would like I would a do bust a hidden, of Batman that I you would can do pull a hidden back. And, well, I am uh, I'm excited that we have this level of passion. And we haven't even gotten to the main conversation yet. (laughs) But I think our passion is a good segue into that conversation. Why do you think that a lot of the things that were once on the fringe of entertainment culture, especially superhero stories, but some of the other things I mentioned, sci-fi, fantasy, role-playing games, those sorts of things, why are they now cool? What changed in our culture? Because when I was growing up, I know, right? Those things were not particularly okay. cool. Okay, everybody, raise your hand if you got made fun of for your nerdum when you oh, were a oh, kid. Hand up, yeah, hand up. Me and Adam are, <laughs> and Jonathan. With giant oh, yeah, okay, that, all five of know. us raised it, our it hands. It is funny. <laughs> I, I think the question I ask is, why did it take so long? Because, I mean, you go back to you know, movies that I You're subverting my first question? Well, no, what I'm saying is, is like you grow up to – I think of when I grew up, the, the bad guys always were the jocks. Yeah. The bad guy, every film. So That's true. And we do get brainwashed with our media. So it, it wasn't like there was, you know, in movies, nerds were bad. And I mean, in, in most of the movies that were popular when I was growing up, the guy who rode on the lawnmower, who was the nerd, you know, the bad guys were the jocks that made fun of him, right? And That's he ended true. up getting a girl, right? You know, I mean, that's kind of, I'm surprised it took this long. Okay. Yeah, I think one of the main things that's probably leading it is you have a lot more people in the popular culture who are accepting it. Uh, okay. You have like, I mean, I, I don't think we can talk about it without bringing up people like Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. um, who has been very vocal about he loves Warhammer, you know, yeah. and that's a super nerdy thing, like even among nerd culture. Well, and he was so nerdy <laughs> that he was mad that they changed the story in The Witcher and yeah. said, I'm not going to be quit. on your, sh-. he quit the show. Like that's next level nerd dumb, even um, though... 
He doesn't look like a next level node. He doesn't yeah, look so like you nerd. have that. You yeah. also have things like Stranger Things, which I think, you know, they bring these things to the forefront. You also have a lot more accessibility where with the prior to the internet, if you wanted to get into something, you had to commit by buying it. Now you can right. just go online and see. Maybe That's a great what, point. What, do I like this? I don't know. I think the accessibility definitely changed it. Like just in terms of culture in general, I think started shifting. Um, I feel like in the early 2000s when um, the second tr- Star Wars trilogy came out and the Lord of the Rings trilogy came out, like those were huge movies that yeah. people would line up around the corner of the theater to to go see. And so, and but those are pretty nerdy things, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. may, whether or not people recognize that as nerd culture or not, um, they certainly, I think things like that. And then, you know, you did have shows like The Big Bang Theory. I don't, I think that it was just like, it just took people a minute to realize that it's okay to like what you like. Like anything can be nerdy. Like I think what we have to almost define what makes something nerdy in a way. Oh, that's good. Well, and and you said Big Bang Theory. You have to, you almost have to rest on Big Bang Theory for a second because yeah. Big Bang Theory. There was a movie, you know, like a Revenge of the Nerds, or there's you know there's occasional, but Big Bang Theory was many times number one TV show yep. that was very nerdy. Unadulterated jo- nerd dumb. Nerd. I mean, they would get into Sheldon. stuff like they'd make jokes about like, oh, Firefly. You know, remember the one where they went back in time? They're like, oh, we're going to miss Firefly. Well, it'll be on for years. You know, stuff. And I'm sort of going, <laughs> who would that. actually get that joke? You know, only right. nerds would get that joke. Yeah. And it, that was the kind of stuff that they did. And it really kind of propelled the idea of, hey, the nerds are the ones who get the girl. You know, I mean, uh, and I, think I didn't though actually <laughs> until much, much later, much yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. Another story. I think it comes down to all those things are, are really accurate. But for me, it comes down to two things, story and special effects. Okay. Most of the storytellers that we have in our culture are nerds. Mm-hmm. They love yep. the stories that they tell. And because they are powerful stories, because it resonates with the writer, because it resonates mm-hmm. with the correct the, the the creator, it resonates with the audience. The other thing is is you had those stories all along, but so often you couldn't really bring some of those geekier, nerdier stories to life until you could actually they looked until you could good. make them. You know, on on the yeah, movie yeah. screen, you know, it took a nerd I, to do I that. agree with you on that because, like, I was thinking earlier, you know, what you said about storytellers, like Hollywood is nothing but a bunch of nerds, like really and truly, because you're sitting there, like, you want to talk. Like, here's another, you know, niche fandom, like musical theater nerds, like mm-hmm. that is what yeah. Hollywood was based on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was built upon musical theater nerds, you know, mm, theater kids, and so it's kind of interesting because for so long. I think they they did create movies where, you know, it, like think about the show Glee, where, you know, all the little Gleeks and stuff, they were. <laughs> Look, Gleek was a monkey in the Super Friends, okay? Gleek is a form of spit. <laughs> that too. Um, okay, Gleeks, for those who don't understand what I'm saying, Glee was the show, so it's combining it with the word geek. There we go. <laughs> we, got, we got you. Okay, just for those in the audience, though. <laughs> um, you know, those were the kids. They were all getting bullied and beaten up and all sorts of things but it's ironic because those are the people who built Hollywood those are the people who are those famous movie stars and those famous uh, singers and such yet they were getting 
they were getting beaten up and shoved into lockers and stuff. And I never, I never really understood that growing up. It's like, you're making fun of the people that you admire more than anything. I, it, it never made sense to me. So I think that what you just said, though, about special effects, that's what made movies, all those geeky little things, that's what took them to the next level of like, ooh, this looks really cool. Yeah. And that's grown from there where it's like, you know, technology, everybody wants to be in a STEM career now. Um, everybody wants to, you know, go work at a special effects studio in Hollywood. And I say everyone, I obviously don't mean everyone, I'd but say, you know what I'm saying. I'd say it's an or though. You said you said story and special effects. Mm-hmm. I'd say story or because and sometimes it's an and, but I mean you think of like like Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. It wasn't special effects. It was just good story, good characters. Right. And there's there's plenty of examples of good story and good characters, and very often written by a nerd. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of think it, when when I think about the Big Bang Theory, it was actually sort of reflecting the culture that was changing. Right. And mm-hmm. this is another wider conversation. Like, does a show like the Big Bang Theory move the needle to move the culture in a certain direction, or is the Big Bang Theory reflecting where the culture is going? Well, and I'll I think say it was yes. More of a reflection. Well, I'll say yes to that. I mean, I think <laughs> um, youth culture expert Walt Mueller, he has the Center for Parent Youth Understanding. He says that. Entertainment is a map and a mirror. Um, and I love that because he said it it shows us where we're at. It's a mirror, but it also points to where we're going. Yeah, and so I think it reflects going. and it reinforces. I think both of those things are happening simultaneously. And I think that we can't necessarily split that out easily. It, it, it's interesting how some of those, like even Big Bang Theory, I mean, not, not, we don't want to rest there too long, but they had this one episode where the cool guy, Zach, that Penny was uh, dating, uh, like came over and started actually kind of liking him and they were hanging out with him. And in this one episode, they they realized that Zach was really dumb and uh, and <laughs> they started making fun of him and they kind of started bullying him. And it was a really it was profound kind of a role reversal because he realized it and he was really hurt. Wow. And it was it was a, a it was a really interesting episode because it was kind of like, hey, do we actually live in a world where this could be turned on its head? And because he was this nice guy, you know, they were able to fix it and 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 kind of resolve and apologize and stuff. But it, literally, they were kind of making fun of him because he wasn't smart, and they realized that's not right, mm. you know. And it was it was a really well, good episode. And Penny was the one who pointed that out to them. Like yeah. she was like, yeah. um, for four people who sat here and got made fun of and bullied yeah. their whole lives, you guys are acting like real yeah. jerks to this guy because he's not as smart as you are like I think that when it really comes down to it I think that it comes back to the whole labels thing where it's like if you like a certain thing we're gonna label you with nerd if you you know aren't as smart as somebody else we're gonna label you with dumb you know which is kind of what happened in that episode they were annoyed that they had been labeled by guys like zach who was also they they would label him as like a jock you know the handsome guy or whatever and so they were so irritated at the labels that they had when they were growing up that they were like oh we're gonna slap a few on this guy and And they were and they were wrong he broke the stereotype he was actually a nice guy yeah my favorite character in the show by the way zach So So there's so much more to talk about here. I do want to go a little bit further before we wrap this one up. So I think with any subcultural thing, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. I think we at Plugged In would say there's, there's almost always something redemptive that we can find. Sometimes something's beyond the pale, but even the worst stuff sometimes has something good in it. And then there are problem areas. So as we think about, this is such a broad question, but as we think about nerd culture in general, what's redemptive 
and where do we run into to problems? So obviously the specifics here are going to have a lot to do with how you answer that question. But what's the, what's the good and the bad? Kennedy. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that a lot of these things that were considered nerdy back then are have to do a lot with like fantasy and imagination. Okay. So when you think about like superheroes and you think about D&D and you think about anime and you Lord think, of the Rings. Yeah. Well, fantasy. Yeah. Come on, Adam. Keep up. No. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Kennedy. Well played. Touche. <laughs> with that I think there I think people are starting to realize that there are some really helpful things that can come from just these imaginative worlds where there's obviously the downside that it, it can be too much of an escape mm-hmm. from the real world. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can tell some really redemptive and amazing stories uh, through that medium that can ultimately, you know, you can, I mean, look at Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. They used it to point to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah. one of the big, big things is that it gives an opportunity for people to really just grapple with these ideas that you wouldn't be able to do in in pretty much any other genre. Yeah, yeah. I think to to riff off of what you're saying, I think that that's really true. Those those creative stories can hit us in a place that you just don't expect and help us to see even truths that we might not might not have seen otherwise. The other two things that I think of when we're talking about nerd culture, passion, community. There's a beauty of loving something, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Obviously, we are all designed to love our creator, to love God. Nothing that is man-made can replace that love. But it does give us a hint of of what we might feel when we meet him in person. Mm -hmm. We can get that beauty, just a little taste of the beauty, as it goes on. And then the other thing is just community. You know, we are designed to live mm-hmm. in community and, and nerd culture draws like-minded people it's together. It's inherently tribal. It is inherently well, tribal. Well, and Paul just, I mean, you summarized the Bible, love God, love others, mm-hmm. you know, and the love others part is a fascinating part of, I think, nerd culture because nerd culture was this trod upon, I made fun of, and also it's like, no, we have feelings too. We're real too. And, you know, nerds, like, like- Nerds are people too. Yeah. Wh- whether it's the Zach episode that pointed that out or whether it was the Breakfast Club where you have the jock and the oh, princess yeah. and the nerd and they're all sharing their feelings. And I remember- you know, showing my son that 20 years after it was done, he goes, and he literally, he was like, whoa, dad, that's like, it could have been made today. Because it's like the exact same, you know, because it was people sharing their feelings saying, these labels, it doesn't matter that we're real people here in that community, Paul, that you're talking about, that's biblical stuff. Love God, love others. Yeah, you know, just really quick with the label thing, I think that it really and truly people focus too much on the labels. It doesn't matter if you're a nerd, if you're a jock, if you're a princess, if you're what any one of those other labels from the Breakfast Club. Or if you're all of those things. Or if at you're once. all of them, you can be more than one. I think people get so caught up in identifying what they are and everything. It's like, you know, you don't have to like every little thing, you, you know, that's popular. You know, you can love Star Trek and hate Star Wars. You can... Which would be whoa, a foolish choice. Whoa, but wait careful because you're, hey. in, you're insulting my hey. enti- all of my in-laws both by hand. saying that. It's both hand. Yeah, we everything have have that, everything we just said. But that's my point. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying, wait though? Said, wait like, a second. But, but oh, it's you, on. Nerd fight. I think, you, I think you guys understand what, what I'm saying, though, is that we get so caught up in our labels that we get really upset when somebody isn't the same label as us mm-hmm. and it causes a lot of strife yeah, and um, one one label I do want to point out 
to throw it back to DC talk, Jesus freak. Hmm. You know, you can be a nerd about Jesus. You can, and that might be really hard. I think what parents may find um, in our world and our culture today, the hardest label to carry is that of a Christian because of the way that you will be judged based on what they know about other Christians. You could be judged because maybe they had a bad experience in a church. Your kid might sit there and be like, I don't want to be labeled as this. And they might, you know, they may not want to read their Bible because they don't want to be too Jesus-y. They don't want to become too preachy. You know, there's a lot of things that can go along with that, that I think parents really need to just, if you can't foster a love of all these other little cultural things, try to foster a love of Jesus. Cause that's the one thing that even though it'll be the hardest label to carry, it's the one thing that'll carry them through mm. their lives. Can you drop that microphone? Yeah, real no, quick? Just, just drop it. Just drop that it. Was great. <laughs> I, I give credit to that to Paul because he said something that made he me said, think of Jesus. Said, well, <laughs> I, I'm gonna pick up the mic and then I may not drop it again, but we'll set it down gently because I want to tie up this conversation with several things that you guys have said. So my son and I went to Fan Expo in Denver recently, which they changed it from Comic Con to Fan Expo because it's bigger than. <laughs> than just comic books. And so Mm -hmm. it was sort of all things popular culture. And so Mm. you've got celebrities there doing signings. You've got artists. You've got comics. You've got role-playing games. You've got all the movie stuff. There's a whole area where they did Lego displays. You have probably a third of the people there were dressed up in like, you know, walk onto the set level outfits and cosplay and that sort of thing. And it was overwhelming to me. And, and I'm a lifetime nerd. And I had a couple of, of thoughts. I think, Paul, your thought about, you know, you want to find your people. I mean, this was a place where people could come in and not only geek out, but like the geekier you are, the better. I mean, you would see people's full on Mandalorian costumes and you're like, how much money did that take, <laughs> you know, to pull off? And I came away with two really contrasting thoughts. And Emily, this sort of ties in with some of the spiritual observations you, you were making. I felt like, what's the draw here? And I think the draw is a couple of things. I think it's heroism. I mean, I think across all these genres, heroism is is part of it. Um, I think there's a sense of wonder and beauty. Um, you know, we're, we're drawn into big worlds, which gets to another thing that I often talk about, which is just transcendence, right? We want to participate in something bigger than ourselves. Um, and we want to find something good with other people that we can share that with. And that's a really powerful combination. I wasn't prepared for that. And I think all of that is potentially a redemptive way to think about this with our kids. And on the flip side, if we go too far down that road, all of those things can be elements of idolatry too. And I don't want to end this conversation on angry old man says all geeks are idolaters. (laughs) But I also thought there's this balancing point between understanding why we're attracted to it, but also seeing that when we try to meet those needs outside of God, uh, we may end up still feeling kind of empty. And so, Emily, I love what you had to say that I think we want to be engaging with our kids, engaging with our faith together, and engaging with the stories that are part and parcel of our time. Um, and some of those stories may have some big problems that we have to navigate together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that when we have that biblical lens, I hope, and, and maybe I'm being a little bit Pollyannish here, but I hope that 
we can enjoy them and we can participate and we can also draw lines and say, you know what, at this point, it's it's beyond where we should probably go and to see them with a kind of clarity. And I, and I think, man, I, I think we could go on with this conversation for the next hour, but I love what we've had to say today. And I would encourage you as parents, if you're listening today, just be open to what your kids' interests are and look for places that you can intersect with their world and maybe look for ways and even ask God to help you see ways that that you can use those interests as a bridge into that deeper spiritual conversation that Emily was talking about. Well, thanks, guys. That was a great conversation. When well, our second segment today, Kristen Smith joins us to talk about a new hit from... Uh, She's not a new singer, but she's relatively new if you haven't been paying attention. I'm talking about Olivia Rodrigo. She has a new song that's actually stirring up quite a buzz called Vampire. So if I were Vampire... Is it really about vampires or is that like a metaphor for something? Kristen, tell us about this song. (laughs) It's a metaphor. So um, Olivia Rodrigo really made her claim to fame as... Same as Taylor Swift. It was bashing ex-boyfriends. Right. And so one of the things that she talks about in this song is that vampire is kind of like this boyfriend sucked the blood out of her, took the life out of her. Okay. Um, And but she does it and she talks about it with a lot of profanity. And so the video, which I watched, honestly, isn't anywhere near what it could be content wise. It's really pretty clean. Right. Um, But her chorus has like two really harsh Um, profanities that she uses and so the whole idea is that she dated this guy who it according to this song was kind of like a predator so she says um in one of her uh lyrics that no other girl this guy's age would date him and now she sees why um that she was naive and young and so she made a poor choice but then he also took advantage of her and they dated for who knows how long and so she's still reeling from this breakup um, so and that kinda, has made her say bad words, apparently. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, though, if you've ever... This is not in favor of the song. The song is actually really profane and didn't need to be. So Taylor Swift actually wrote a song called Dear John, which mm-hmm. did the same thing about John Mayer, mm-hmm. um, where it sounds like kind of like the same story, right? She dates someone who's older. He should have known better. She should have known better, whatever. Right. Um, but she didn't use any profanity, and she still got the point across. Olivia Rodrigo, I think she's transitioned in some of her later stuff um, to use a lot of harsh profanity that I don't think she needs to use at all because her her writing is actually really good like she communicates it very clearly but then adds this which would be the red flag for parents and and i would say building on that i think this is a little bit of a tangent but i think it's relevant to the conversation we're seeing that kind of casual harsh profanity use a lot Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. across the board yeah i mean taylor swift has gone there her last several albums and you know you'd be listening and it's like what Mm -hmm. why are you come on and i you know it's not that you know, I have to be puritanical and pure as the driven snow. But it, like you said, my grandmother would say, you're just being lazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. that using that kind of language, you're just doing it for shock value, you know? I think it's shock value. I also think, too, that especially when you're young and if you've been manipulated in a relationship and taken advantage of, you have a lot of anger at your naivety, right? You yeah. fell into what felt like a trap um, and taken advantage of. And so I think a lot of these like young girls, if this has happened to them, they... They feel the need to express that this was wrong, that they have they feel betrayed. They feel like they've been taken advantage of. And they usually do that with profanity. The message of the song could have been communicated without it. And I honestly think it would have been okay to listen to. But it's definitely, it's extremely harsh because it's in the chorus. So I would say 
just like a no across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So my daughters are 12 and 14 right now. Yeah. And I'm finding myself navigating these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and well, because I, she's a really good well, artist. That's the thing, Her right? voice is phenomenal. And, and she yeah. has an appeal. She does. Among really young fans. And I think there's a temptation mm-hmm. when, you know, we're with our kids and a song like this comes on and they're not paying attention and something sort of leaks out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, holy cow. Especially if you don't expect it. And yeah. she was on the Disney Channel. Exactly. And so if you followed her, you know, as like a young girl and now you're here. Yeah. And, and I think that the temptation for me as a dad is to sort of go, oh, no, that's out. We're not listening to that. And setting that boundary may be the right thing, but I think there's an intermediate step of, well, what is it that you connect with in this song? You know, because there's a story there Mm -hmm. that has emotional resonance. And so I think that as parents, we have to walk this line, right? Mm -hmm. Between, okay, we're not going to listen to that because it has this language and yet a recognition that, man, for kids growing up today, this is just the world that they're in, uh, which is not to dismiss it or to suggest that it doesn't matter. Anyway, I don't know if you're catching where I'm going here. Yeah, I and mean, There's everyone... a conversation to be had with, yeah. why mm. are people making these sorts of songs and why are they connecting with yeah, people? Yeah, it's like we're all living in a Joe Pesci movie. I mean, and it's, <laughs> exactly. and it's, it's, it's kind of the way people talk. It's, it's the way it's going. Yeah. yeah. So any final thoughts for parents, especially if you have a daughter who is an Olivia Rodrigo fan? How do we how do we walk through this other than no? <laughs> um, I think what you said is probably sufficient. You know, I think you need to pay attention to the lyrics because it does matter because then, you know, you can internalize that as like your inner dialogue. That's how right. you want to converse about these subjects, especially if you were hurt or betrayed it or anything like that. Um, but I think it's okay to set a boundary and say yeah. no in those areas. Um, and then and just, you know, talk and, and find connecting points. All right. Love that. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah. Well, now it's time for a segment we call Pop Culture Connection. We are joined by our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. For another <laughs> epic round of a game in which Ashley asks us questions. And, uh, well, Jonathan's here in person, so he'll probably, like, utterly crush us. Just unplug his mic. <laughs> no, we have to give as many answers that. as possible. I skipped right to the Jonathan part because that's sort of the meme with yeah. this game is that Jonathan wins. If Jonathan wins, I want to see him dance. <laughs> yeah, but it's <laughs> on it's the an, table. It's, on the table. It's wow. an audio podcast and that may not be that much fun for no. anybody yeah. else. It would be fun for us. Because we can just do folios <laughs> or something, right? <laughs> All right, Ashley. All right. Over to you. Here we go. Kennedy, you're up first. Oh, oh boy. All right. <laughs> this is a little nerdy. A you little. open your front door to the world of your favorite book. Where are you and what do you aim to do there? Oh, I'm in danger. Um, <laughs> I So my favorite books are probably Lord of the Rings or Ender's Game or... Uh, or pro- the Maze Runner, maybe. So I, no matter where I go, I'm going to get injured uh, so, <laughs> so i guess it really depends what area you're in so i'm gonna go lord of the rings good, good uh, uh after the end of sauron uh so it's really nice i mean because technically in the lore i'm not gaining any points for this but technically in the lore yeah, i don't think he uh, got a single point he never he technically, finally he's talking about this, the war i want one point here modern this modern world is is the same middle earth technically 
if, if you if huh. you follow his line of thought. Uh, all right. Very I don't nice. know all the elves one way by now. Honestly, I think that's the first time I ever heard somebody get zero points. That well, was amazing. Hey. I'm giving you one because you did Thank choose you. Lord yes, of the Rings. Yes, I did. Okay, there we go. After Sauron. I don't, I don't care point. about losing. I just wanted to explain something no, I'm passionate about. You were like Paul. You went for depth. I was going to yes. say, he's keeping in theme with the episode. Yes. I, I Meanwhile, Jonathan's like, I have you now. No, no, no. I just in the game of golf, you just won, man. I mean, here, the lowest score possible. All right, Paul. Okay, here we go. It's a music question. Ooh, a music. Oh, no. What do you think is the best song of all time and why? Best song of all time. I'm going to go Sweet Dreams Are Made of These. Only okay. because I really like Reminded Annie Lennox's voice. I think it's just the quintessential 80s song, as yeah. a matter of fact. Absolutely. It has that really cool synth track to it. It has that cool harmony. It makes you feel like you should be in some sort of newfangled Blade Runner type of environment. Uh, Annie Lennox has great hair. Um, <laughs> it is really has a great video. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. I I That's don't good. even have a category for you talking about Annie Lennox's hair. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> the category is new file folder. <laughs> that was the awesome. category. I got six points, Paul. All righty. Good job. All righty. All right. Emily, here we go. Who do you think is the most underrated actress of all time and why? Who underrated? Oh, underrated. See, I was going to say Betty Davis because that was my favorite actress. You know, I'm going to stick with her. Betty Davis. Um, You've got, she has a song named after her, Betty Davis Mm -hmm. Eyes. She actually has, I think, the most Oscar nominations of anyone ever, except maybe besides Meryl Streep. However, she's always overshadowed by Catherine Hepburn because she got one, she won one more than Betty Davis did. Um, she's an old classic black and white movie actress. Right, right. And I wrote my my college thesis on oh, her. Nice, so, nice. <laughs> that was my last. Show. I love that you spent like the first five seconds. I would have said this, but oh, what the heck? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> so you know what we need to do for another podcast? I was indecisive. Emily and I can have a throwdown on Betty Davis versus Catherine Hepburn. I'm a huge Catherine Hepburn. Oh, fan. I like wow. Catherine Hepburn, but she I feels really like the really most like appropriate Davis. movie geek conversation ever, yes. given our podcast. Yes, I've only. I've only seen like one Betty Davis movie. She's amazing. All right, all right. All right, four points, Emily. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. All right, Adam. Okay. Here we go. Would you choose black and white classic films or modern day tearjerkers? Why? Well, modern day tearjerkers because I've seen more of them. And even though you didn't ask me about Star Wars, in my world, (laughs) there is there are two categories of movies. There's before Star There's before Star Wars and after Star Wars. (laughs) And after you get outside of the first three movies, the next six or are. I can't even talk. I'm so choked up. The next six are all tearjerkers because you're crying at how bad they were and the missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if the sequels and the prequels aren't tearjerkers, I don't even your know. Time yes. Your time is up. Your time is up. You went over. I agree with that, though. Okay. How many points? I'm going to give you three because you made me laugh. Okay. That was great. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a pity point to that me. Was really, it was a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I'll well, take the pity the point. She gets to do that. That's all right. Jonathan's about to, to wipe the floor Adam, with you. I'll give you Go, my Jonathan. I've, I've been beat many times. No, you right. haven't. You I lie. I've been beat many times. And if, if you get the right answer on this one, we might get extra points. Oh, man. We'll have to see. Oh, boy. All right. Mm. Who is cooler, Han Solo or Captain James T. Kirk, and why? Oh, boy. 
absolutely Han Solo because he could leave his shirt on um, (laughs) because he's got a furry companion. He doesn't have to rely on some guy with pointy ears to get things going, okay? Um, He doesn't start every episode sitting in a chair, swirling around saying, look at me. Um, He's got Luke at his side. He drives the Millennium Falcon, which is way better than that stupid Star Trek ship. Yes, the Enterprise, sorry. Um, He's, uh, honestly, he's in Star Wars, not Star Trek, and Star Wars is better. Right? Man. Wow. Okay, first Shots of all, fired. wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jonathan's pounding the table. First of all, wrong answer. All I care about is how many I got. I got, I got seven points. But I'm seven take points. Take them away because it's the wrong answer. And I actually, and I even, I, I even was like, uh, kind of going slow to explain things, you know? Let, let's pull our points wow. together. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I had three. <laughs> All right. Nice job, uh, guys. Because he could leave his I, shirt on. You, come on. That was a good I answer. Think, uh, it was a good answer. I think that was a lot of fun. And now it's time for the fun to, to come end. to an end. I'm sorry to be the... Mm-hmm. the Until co- next week. The cosmic joy killer. Until next week. That's right. That's exactly right. There's no more fun at Plugged In until next no, week. No. We, we have to wait <laughs> until next week's show. However... This week's show is obviously what we just got done doing. And if you have thoughts about anything that we've had to say about nerd culture, if you think we're right, we're wrong, or if you want to correct us in our, our nerdiness, I mean... Or that, make fun of us. Or make fun of us, because those two <laughs> things would be very natural responses. You can do that by finding us on Facebook or Instagram or shooting us an email <laughs> at team at com. And we also have those two relatively new ways that you can connect with us as well. If you go to thepluggedinshow.com, you can leave us a voicemail. Just look for the little tab on the right-hand side of the page. And every Monday at 3 o'clock Mountain Time, we are getting together for the Plugged In Show Aftercast, in which we do a retrospective on last week's show, a future cast look at the upcoming show, and we talk about the box office for any given week. And, boy, we have been having... Perhaps too much fun. If you think we have fun here, come join us for the aftercast. It and, gets a little crazy. And that is on our Instagram page. And you can find us, as I said, at 3 p.m. Mountain Time at Plugged In Team each week. We'd also like to remind you that Plugged In is a part of the ministry of Focus on the Family. And we are here to help you figure out how to make your way through this crazy realm of pop culture and technology. We're all grappling with it as families and as parents. And we couldn't do that without your financial support. So when you donate to Focus on the Family today, a gift of any amount, we will send you a copy of Jonathan McKee's book, Parenting Generation Screen. You'll find information on how to do that in the episode notes for today's show. Well, as always, I hope that you have enjoyed and been maybe inspired, encouraged, or somehow challenged by our conversation today. We have had a lot of fun, but these are important ideas because they shape the way our families interact And we love having these conversations with you each week. And we invite you to come join us again next week for another episode of The Plugged In Show. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. And full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.